weirdness of how music enters your life. You know, they always say that music, you know, comes in through a different orifice or something, you know, like there's, it comes, it enters you in a different kind of way so that it's hard to, it's hard to recall the moment or the feeling in the same way that you would remember another kind of event, maybe. Or yeah. Well, that certainly was a life-changing aspect for me. It's... 7.52 a.m. Saturday, August the 3rd, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bidden Diane <laughs> Episode 301. Boy, we dodged a bullet there, didn't we? We almost didn't go on. <laughs> we almost Last didn't go week on. we said Last week. 300. We can't go on. Yeah, I know. Too so much. It, it took us an extra many. week to kind of, you know, <laughs> we can't find, find the courage. Really? Can we keep go going after 300? Ep- episode 400. <laughs> it's out there somewhere. Somewhere in the dim and distant horizon. <laughs> anyway. What a week. Uh, That's bothering me right up there. Well, then do something about well, it. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. Well. He's talking about the blinds. A little tiny bit of sun is trying to blind, send its blinding rays into the living room. I have to tell you folks, this is the time of year where the sun is not my friend. Didn't do a thing, did it? Uh, No, it didn't. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's coming through the little tiny holes that are cut (laughs) in the slats of the blind where 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 the string goes through, you know, those little holes in the blinds. So though the blinds are closed, those little holes are still open. One of them is hitting me right upside the head. What are you going to do? Can you go on, Bill? I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. I don't know. Can I, you go I, I, on? I, 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 ah, ham and eggs. It's a, it's a struggle. You could sit on the table. I could <laughs> sit on the table, but that, that would be all wrong. I know. It's completely non-Bill and Diane show specific. That is very true. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can step out of my, you know, step off the actual set. Yeah, Because we have a set and, you know. Yeah. And then we can't both read from the same script. I would need a copy of the script. (laughs) You know, everything would be different. (laughs) All the cues that we normally use, (laughs) the hand signals that, Mm. you know. Well, excuse the interruption it's, from last week. Last a, last week we had our own marathon discussions going on that true. were we simply couldn't be bothered. Life, <laughs> that were life changing, yeah. and you would not have wanted to be involved. It was too lengthy, and uh, but but it was very uh, it was very formative, revelatory, illuminating, revelatory, illuminating, and enlivening, and and uh, yeah, just what was needed in the moment. So it was good. But we had marathon discussions last weekend. It was good. We could have done, you know, the the you know, twenty six hour show. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, we could have live streamed the whole thing. We have the technology, you know, in our pockets to do any and all of those kinds of things. But who needs it? But after that, we had what a week. This phenomenal. 
concert that you and Kat performed on Thursday. Oh my God! I, you know, I still have trouble believing that, that that actually happened. I mean, when I look back on it now, I was thinking, oh, I should really, I should write to some people and thank them for coming out. You know, I may still do that just because. But I'm just like. Well, part of the reason why I was so emotional, because Alice was saying that <laughs> Diane's crying over there. You've got to play some, play happy, some happy songs. songs. She didn't know that I was just weeping from the pure emotion of the whole event because of who came and, and the fact that it was Kat and you and I had resonances going all the way back to the 1984 time through now and it was partially because of who showed up yeah yeah so had, you talk had, about that a little. i had resonances going all the way back to, to my, your my childhood childhood because my best friend tim and his beautiful wife demetra came that was excellent and you were kind of expecting that i was kind of expecting it but i you know i wasn't sure because tim wasn't sure and you know he was Kind of saying, you know, this is our plan right now is to come, but if we don't show up, don't hate us, and you know, kind of thing, like you say, because the weather was going to be warm. It was the warmest day of the week, so there was that going, and I kind of had that going all day. How was I going to be? So there was that kind of concern, and then, you know, if I'm feeling miserable in the warmth, how many other people are going to want to, you know, brave the warmth to? come out and uh, come into a, a place that is not air-conditioned to uh, hear music. But it turned out everybody did, you know. So Tim and Demetra came, and then another best friend of mine from middle school and high school, uh, Roland Burge and his wife Dorothy came. Hadn't seen them in a while. And, I, you know, I, I could list everybody in the room. Everybody in the room fit for multiple kinds of reasons. And Scott Higgins. Scott and, and Rhonda Higgins were there. And Scott and I have been friends from Fox Island from my early youth as well. So I had my, I had my summertime best friend and my and all other season best friend in the same room. Connie. At the same time. Connie, who I've known since I was 13 years old. And I've known since the 1980s. Yeah. She was there. She happened to be in town for another kind of something. Because uh, she lives in Wenatchee. She lives so. in Wenatchee, yeah. So she saw that I was playing, and so she came. Terry Meisenberg and his wife Paris. Terry was my high school drama teacher and also Tim's high school drama teacher and Roland's high school drama teacher. So we had three cast members from Alice in Wonderland and Ronnie Bowana, Jungle Guide, in the room with the director of those plays. And you your know, daughter and Alice and Amelia, Amelia and you know, Sean. Sean O'Damon from back in the Medhow were there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Mary Wallen was there and she brought a friend who was a Whitworth graduate that you know, that she wanted to introduce me to and and uh, you know, it was just I don't know, Steve Norris was there, Judy from the from the uh, Grumpy D's open mic. The room was just and full Cindy of people. Snyder, who Cindy Snyder, who is a, a um, stalwart, and I just can't <laughs> believe that she goes through the kind of work day that she has, and then <laughs> and then still makes it to my show. And of and course, she probably had a uh, you know I think she's driving a summer school bus route now, so she probably had 
to be driving it early on Friday morning. And, and then John and Kat, of course. John and then and Kat and uh, Pam Birdwell and, and uh, God. Kelly Kennison was there. And Kelly Murphy and, and, Kelly and Mary. Mary. You know, it was like... Kelly did wonderful sound, yes. man. Kelly was Kelly came through at the last minute because we weren't sure I was going to bring my little speaker box to use because I needed the help, even though it's a fairly small venue. But we weren't sure whether Cat would want sound gear or not, so I hadn't asked Kelly about it because I hadn't heard we hadn't heard back from Cat. And then then we did hear back from Cat on the day of the show, and I was able to make we were make, making contact with Kelly, and he was fine with bringing his stuff because it's. You know, you don't need much in that room, so it's pretty easy to carry and set up. Yeah. So, and so he came through with that. I don't know. It was just... It was, it was quite phenomenal. And then, I, I didn't tell you this, but I'm telling you now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was talking to Dorothy and uh, Demetra, Dorothy said, this is such a great place. It kind of reminds me of the place you got married. And I said, yeah, I definitely see why you would say that, you know, and just the, the feel and, and everything. And Demetra said, yeah, well, when did you get married? I mean, wasn't it in August? And I said, yeah, it was in August. And, and, I, and so, I, so I was telling them, they did not know, they said how beautiful everything was in the antique. So I told them the whole story about how we did not plan that, that all these these people who were middle-aged friends, of, friends the, of the antique sandwich company in Tacoma the reason why I say the middle-aged women is because I was saying what what is this and and Shirley had said well you know how it is tell a bunch of middle-aged women that there's going to be a wedding, a wedding and they want to deck it out yeah. <laughs> but they said you didn't plan that? And I said, no, we just came in and all of a sudden it We was... weren't even sure if we were going to be able to use the main room. We, <laughs> yeah. You know, we were still thinking we might end up getting married upstairs or something yeah. like that, you know, just because... Oh, my gosh. We didn't know, but the antique, the focus at the antique made the event. It was just, uh, it was wonderful. And I do see the similarity between the scenes. Yeah. And just in terms of the vibe and the, uh, the way everybody can be comfortable... And no matter where they're sitting or what the, I don't know what their personal circumstances. There were people there also at the show on Thursday that I don't know. They were just, you know, regular customers there too. And uh, it was just. Well, and that's that's kind of the way our wedding was too, that, that we went upstairs when everybody was a stranger downstairs. And then when we came back down closer to the wedding time it was just like poof they were all our dearest friends suddenly there so yeah so anyway do you remember the date of our wedding i thought it was august 22nd i could not remember so i didn't know but i i couldn't swear to it but i thought it was august 22nd i thought it was august 12th when i was talking to them but i think you're right i think it was the 22nd i know know. anyway this shows how how we how great we are with yeah the anniversary dates. Yeah, well, we celebrate our anniversary on a different date. That's right. That's what we do. So, very interesting evening, and it was like, so like there's all these different filaments from your whole life, and they're all just sitting in front of you. <laughs> and it was it, from when from the performer's vantage point, 
on the stage. It is the most amazing view. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. And you just can't put it all together. It's just like it's you, boy. Overwhelming. It's good coffee. On so many levels, you know, to have family members there. I wish my mom and Olive could have come. Oh man. That would have been a good one for them for them to be at, and that would have been a whole other, you know, level of resonance going on in the room. But it was like the room was just vibrating. Cat sounded so good. She sounds so good. So good. Anyway, I wasn't that talkative that night. I know I was not telling stories like I usually do because I was just not that comfortable in it. Well, actually, I felt like not having as many stories was just fine because you had more time for music. Right. But wow. Yep. That was a pretty cool night. And you have another concert tonight. Have another concert with tonight. J.W. McClure. J.W. McClure and Volker Volkers were playing up at the Conway Muse, which is a place I've never played at before, up in Conway, Washington. To tell you the truth, I don't know if I've ever heard Volker Volkerts. I heard him. I've heard, I think I heard him a couple of times at the Thumbnail Theater because he was part of that uh, group up at, around Tim Noah's uh, thing. Awesome. Uh, but I don't know that I've heard him play more than a couple of songs, maybe at the open mic or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But he moved recently moved back to New Hampshire, I believe, and has been based out of there for the last couple of years, but has been writing songs and, and playing a lot of music. So this is kind of his, he kind of put this show together. So thank you to him, and I'm looking forward to this evening. I'm looking forward to it immensely, especially because now, I'll hear somebody new. Yeah, and then there's, you know, but there's always the, there's that little thin little reedy voice in the back of my mind that's hoping for air conditioning yeah um, it's although it's not supposed to be as warm today as it was on thursday night um, if it's a if it's a warm venue I man i was so I glad that the cmp trouble. was near the the, the cmp was nice because you can open all the windows and all the doors yeah. and we uh, we Diane and I bring this little blanket that we use to cover the window that's right next to the stage because you get a lovely view of the setting sun yeah. through that window. But with it, a William Morris design, that's the the blanket has a William Morris design, oh, oh, which is quite lovely. You know, from the old arts and crafts school, so right. it it looks quite nice. As yes, it looks in. Place. It's not like some tacky old it's not like army, an army blanket, blanket or something. <laughs> I just wanted, if they had to visualize yeah. this, I didn't want them to, yeah. you know. Although I think, you know, a nice dark, thick wool army blanket might be better. Yeah. In but... terms of keeping the sun off the performers. But this one was nice because it kind of gets backlit by the sun. And, and it looks really nice. So once the sun went down, my whole world got better. Well, and it cooled down quickly. Yeah. And I think is what I was starting to say is because it's close to the water. Right. And because they've got all, a lot of windows and doors that can be opened and stuff right. like that so it was a it had a pretty open air feel to it all night yeah. it's just that the open air was a lot warmer before the sun went down well i was even thinking when i was sitting in the audience how so many festivals have outdoor performances and how much more comfortable and enjoyable it was to have this sort of uh in between yeah. of having shelter and seats but at the same time, having the the summer feeling of an open air kind of feel. Uh, open air feel. Yeah. So it's true. 
It's true. It was a good night, and I don't, uh, I still don't quite believe that it even happened, and that all <laughs> those people from all those different aspects of our lives were all in the same room together. It was synchronicity at work. Yeah. yeah. To have everybody come. Right. That particular occasion. And on a night where I was, you know, felt felt like I was struggling in myself to have that kind of support uh, was absolutely uh, a tonic to whatever else. And just kind of, it just kind of blew all my other concerns out of the out of the water. I didn't really have. By the time we started playing, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be good." And then just people just kind of kept coming in. I know, sort of like the cast of characters. Yeah, well, people were trickling in for the first half hour of the of the show, and every time somebody came in, it was just like, "Oh my God, them too! Wow, cool." So anyway. To anyone who is there who happens to listen to this, thank you so much for, you have no idea how you made my night. A year, probably. Yeah. That's one of those gigs that you can kind of, you can have five or six really lousy gigs after that and you're still flying off the fuel from the one. You know. But I think tonight's so, going to be fun too. I'm going to talk a little bit about our music today. We're going there already? Well, because it's got a story to it. Oh, okay. All right. You're gonna, okay, I want to, wanted to make sure that that part yeah. of the story was... Okay, it's all interwoven. Go ahead. So, interestingly, uh, some time ago on the Bill and Diane show, I don't know how long ago it was. It's been at least a couple of years, I think, since... I had brought up the, the reason why I got involved in Victory Music and the Folklife Festival. Uh, it was from... A combination of forces, one being my brother, who had introduced me to Jim Page. But the other force was uh, one of my friends at Perkins Coie Stone Olson and Williams. Perkins Coie Stone Olson and Williams. I uh, the law firm for which I worked uh, when I was a youngin, you know, in my twenties, and. I had met this woman named Cindy Gaxtatter. Uh, she was paralegal at the law firm. And we became friends. And she had given me this life-changing, and it truly was life-changing, tape, uh, cassette tape. I still can even picture it in my mind. It had folk rock written fairly large capital <coughs> letters on it. The folk rock tape, you know. This was a homemade thing? It was, it was a homemade compilation of... It was a mixtape. A, a mix classic mixtape. It was a classic mixtape. Of a kind that does, doesn't exist anymore. Homemade, putting the needle down, taking off the pause button on the cassette, recording the song, and hitting the pause button again, putting on a different song, undoing it, and trying to get the timing those, right those right. were days man yeah. i mean that that whole when i medium. think of the number of mixtapes that i made in my life and i'm sure there's people in my generation who made a lot of more mixtapes than i did but it, there was an, a real it was labor intensive yeah it was yeah. very labor intensive and yeah. and i loved this tape i played this tape to the point where it was crackly and not playing so well and it had 
all sorts of uh, performers on it that some of which I knew a little, uh, I knew about Richard Thompson, but I did not know about Richard Thompson in this kind of a vein, the, the folkier side mm-hmm. of Richard Thompson. And uh, she had Steel Eye Span, um, a Parcel, let's see, no, that's the name of an album, I think, the Parcel Full of, uh, of Rogues. Um, she had Wyndham Hill artist. She had all these various performers on this tape. And I just loved the tape. And it was from that that I decided, because I was talking to somebody else about uh, how much I love this kind of music. It might have even been Cindy, I don't know. Somebody told me about the Seattle Folklife Festival. And I went there and, and my... <laughs> the way that I always put it was that it was like the Wizard of Oz where she's walking out of that sepia tone into the full color when she's in the land of Oz. That's the way I felt when I went to the first Seattle Folklife Festival I went to. Because it was like saying, there's a world like this? There, There's people doing this? And, <laughs> and it's so much a, a statement of how much I needed to go on that path that now you know some of the people that I saw on the stages are now my friends uh close friends and it's just interesting how life goes but anyway so this had all happened in the 1980s and um right around 1983-84 because I got involved with Victory in 1984 and uh the last time we talked about this tape, a couple of years ago, I thought, you know, I have never tried to find Cindy. I wonder whether she's on Facebook. And lo and behold, she was. She has a different last name now, but uh, but she still had her maiden name on there so that you could find her. And, um, and I sent her the Bill and Diane show, and she uh, was happy to be reconnected, and we have been... Um, She's been listening to the Bill and Diane show and and uh, loving the music that we've been putting on because, you know, we love the same kind of music. Right. And so uh, this week we got together and actually it was yesterday. Got together for breakfast, stayed together, talking till I had an appointment at, at 1245. So um, until she stayed till about 1230 and oh my gosh, it was just uh, such a charge. And to think that, so I, I was thinking about what you had said a long time ago, that um, that if you were talking to a young person and you had to tell them something about being an older person, you would say, people come back. The people that you knew come back if you've lost track of them. And I was thinking, man, that is really true. And that was even true at the concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was sort of like that was the theme of the week, that people come back. Yeah. And that you have this resonance that you had even, you know, I, I kind of prided myself on the fact that I actually chose such a, a wonderful person to have befriended at the law firm. That, uh, that I'm still, you know, that we've gone on our separate paths for all this time but we are still so much in tune with each other's 
lives. And we had a lot of intersections. It was quite phenomenal. That's great. That's wonderful. That uh, It's wonderful that people circle back. Because I remember I was, I think I was talking to Allison about it. Um, because she was concerned because she was leaving the Medhow and going to be going off to Western right. College. And she was worried that you know, there were friends that she was never going to see again and lose track of. And I said, you know, life does not, doesn't actually work that way. It actually, these people will come back. The people who have been important in your life, they don't ever get that far away from you. They, and they tend to circle back at key moments and you get to dip back into their streams and they get to dip back into yours and it's and that's it's one of it's one of the coolest things about life that I've experienced. That's what I was gonna say. It doesn't seem like that's the part of life that makes life magical. Yeah, it's there's a poetic quality to that and also there's a just a quality of uh, of cohesiveness. There's a you know and drama. Yeah. It yeah. feels dramatic right. that that happens. And it always seems kind of surprising when it occurs, but it occurs enough to where you realize, oh, this is just kind of how it works, because you're never as far away from these people who have been you've been close to as you think you're going to be. The world is not that, even before there was, you know, electronic uh, communication, uh, people just tend to circle back into your life, and there's more to be done with those people and it really gives your life a sense of depth to reconnect with somebody and then to fill in the blanks and you know I, know, I really think that's one of the most magical things about being a person yeah. anyway it was so interesting to think back on this tape which now I remember had Fairport Convention and a lot of Groups that now are quite familiar Steel to me. Steel Span and Renaissance, maybe. Or... Yeah, it just was all the, all the the people who during that time were performing in these sorts of groups, um, and I did not realize when I was listening to the that tape that a lot of these people were just truly intermingling in all sorts of different groups. Yeah. So. One of the songs that I just purely loved was this one that we're going to uh, use today, which was Poor Old Horse from the Albion Band. Never had heard of the Albion Band. At that time, I had never heard sort of that British traditional folk music. It was my first introduction to that music. And we've both talked about this morning the fact that now the 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 rock instrumentation sounds a little jangly against because we've been listening to more the uh, the purest form of that without the the efforts to sound like prog rock or whatever. But um, but it's so interesting to me to realize that the Albion Band um, in this particular album, which is Rise Up Like the Sun, it had a cast of guests including Martin Carthy, Kate McGarrigal, and Richard and Linda Thompson. I would not have known back then who Martin Carthy or Kate McGarrigal were, but I did know who Richard Thompson was. I would not have known about Linda Thompson. And so it's it just is so phenomenal to uh, 
to think about all these different people that were in this band. And I remember when I first heard the song, the thing that impressed me was, I'd never heard anything like it. Uh, the closest that I could think of that was like it was Sea Shanties, which I truly loved. If people had uh, listened <coughs> to any of the Bill and Diane shows, they know I love Sea Shanties. And and uh, But I just loved the the vocals, the harmonies and everything. Yeah, there's a cross between so, sea shanty and madrigal, I think. I mean, yeah, it's, I think what appealed to me in the in the British Isles kind of music was the the way it echoed some of the music that I sang when we were in when I was in the madrigal singers in high school, because that those tight harmonies and and interesting musical intervals and uh, things were a revelation to me in high school, and it was such a totally immersion because the the madrigal singers that was some serious serious vocalizing and it well was and, very and the thing that i loved about this particular song was having that it just starts off so so uh small and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until for me it was a real uh climactic piece because of the the last uh and it's obviously at the very end of the song, it's, it was a work song yeah. that they were doing some sort of work doing this song. And, but hearing all the vocals and everything, and it was just revelatory for me at the time. And then, um, and to think that that was my introduction to this kind of music was pretty cool. From someone you met at a law firm, a very buttoned-down kind of environment, you know. I know. To have but, that that oblique little shaft of light come shining into a situation like that, it just, how could it not be revelatory? Because it's, it would be like, you know, a spotlight being being turned on and, you know, the voice of God coming or something like that. It's well, like and a, especially because Cindy and I were talking about it um, yesterday that neither one of us at that time were living the life that we wanted to live. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that we found another person who was exactly like us yeah. and that seems sort of magical in itself right. but then the other um the other song was down where the drunkards roll which is a depressing song these are these are not jaunty songs these are you know they're work songs and they're kind of there's a very earthy quality to them yeah. that is not uh sparkly and, and you know full of fairy dust um, like but oh expect. man I remember the first time I heard that song I thought yeah. wow yeah. so in celebration of my rediscovering Cindy in my life I wanted to play a couple of songs from the the folk rock tape <laughs> And if he dies, then we'll tan it 
Looking 
be a gambler who never 